When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick with Camp Notes for August 16th, 2023. That's the second day of joint practices against the Washington Commanders. Uh, some not so great news and some not so great results uh, today and full pads against the Commanders. Uh, the biggest news, of course, Mike Garofalo reporting that Marlon Humphrey had surgery on his foot. Uh, and will miss the start of the season. Uh, Harbaugh confirmed it, did not uh, think it was going to be a long, or said he thought it was not going to be a long-term injury. Uh, so we'll see. Um, if it were Liz Frank surgery, it presumably would take significantly longer than uh, a couple of weeks to get back from. So uh, uh, hopefully this is not as serious as, uh, as we fear uh, right now. Ronnie Stanley remained out. Just protecting his ankle was the the phrase Harbs used yesterday. I don't think anybody was really ready to ask more injury questions of him today, but uh, uh, he uh, was not asked about Ronnie's uh, situation that I heard at the podium. Very loud, by the way, in that area with kids screaming for autographs to, to hear every question, but, uh, but I did not hear that uh, specifically asked. In terms of other participation, the PUP list has been emptied, of course. The NFI list now still contains Mullen, Voorhees, Moore and Bowser. The first three are not expected to play at all this year for the Ravens. Bowser uh, is expected back and hopefully by the start of the regular season. Um, but uh, that uh, still has some potential good news there because the Ravens really need a Sam linebacker, as we've said many times on this show. Missing practice today. Huntley, Treadwell, Bateman. Now, Bateman, I believe, was there doing some individual drills, but he's, he wasn't practicing in terms of uh, any 11-on-11 uh, yet or not. And if he was, he was on the side. I didn't actually pick up his uh, uniform number uh, anywhere on the field. Isaiah Likely was out. Ronnie Stanley, as I mentioned earlier. Jalen Armour Davis, uh, still not back yet. Pepe Williams is out for a while still. Arak yeah, Yassin has been out for a while. Mallette has been out for a while. Um, Amos is out now. And, of course, Marlon Humphrey. That's an awfully large percentage of the defensive backs already out. When you think about some of the really terrible years in Ravens history going backwards, large numbers of defensive backs injuries are often at the heart of those years. Uh, Wink Martindale had the famous quote after he joined the Giants of, you know, not picking up your cornerbacks from DoorDash was his best plan for – um, improving on what had happened the season before with the Ravens. 
And you know, that kind of flippancy, honestly, was it was kind of unwelcome in Baltimore. But um, if you look back to 2007, 2005, 2015, big years of injuries at cornerback, and uh, you just it's a it's a very difficult problem to solve. Ravens went in this season a little bit thin, you know, with Humphrey and Yasin being their two guys, and it appears like they're in a lot of trouble right now with both of those guys now on the shelf. And uh, real questions, which we'll talk about a little bit, about who will be the the, the starters beginning the season. Practice practice itself was extremely physical again and chippy, with the practice again split on two fields for offense and defense. Uh, I was on the offense field today. I watched defense yesterday. Please download that podcast and and take a listen if you want to hear more about the defense. Uh, that's not covered as well in the in the live stream, I don't believe. So it might have some new information for you certainly. Uh, in terms of the offense uh, today, I still did manage to look over in time to see that a fight had started on the defensive field. And this was no small fight, not, not just a huddle or a mass of people who were jawing at each other. This was guys on the ground uh, rolling around, uh, did not look good. Um, I did not see who started it. I don't have information on that, but Michael Pierce came out of the melee and it was a 40 person melee. I don't want to overstate it. 30, 40. There were people trying to pull off. So it's hard to, hard to guess who really is involved in this thing. Uh, but, uh, but Michael Pierce kind of came out hobbling, then went to all fours. And of course I immediately is, am concerned about the worst there. Um, very fortunately he got up uh, still hobbling around, but was later was stretching and moved to the sideline. Um, and I don't know if he actually came in again for the defense. Cause again, I wasn't on that field, but at least it doesn't appear to be a really serious injury because he was walking around normally did not head into the building, which is the usual uh, practice. If you have um, uh, an injury during, uh, during a camp session. So that, that is a, uh, uh, you know, a, something we'll obviously need to keep an eye on. And a big negative for joint practices. Love the physicality. Love the fact that some of your top players get a chance to get physical with with opponents for about the only time they will during the preseason. Harbaugh says he likes the control. And he did say that the other side of that coin was that you you have the risk of um, escalating uh, tensions between the two teams. And, you know, it, it's you. they do have fights occasionally in camp uh, and it, when it's just the Ravens between offense and defense. When it's another team a lot of the barriers to fighting are gone and you typically have these dust-ups um, that occur. So obviously uh, neither side completely happy with the level of physicality that was occurring. All right, let's uh, go back. In terms of drills, I looked at the running backs uh, first. Uh, I'll say they, they, they did some running on the pad obstacles to start with. That was kind of fun to watch. Uh, really nice to see the footwork of J.K. Dobbins. He looks very sharp moving between pads. Uh, it's a lot of this uh, choppy kind of football drill you might see in a movie that, that even an actor can kind of do. But but when you watch uh, a, a, a J.K. Dobbins do it, he does it extremely quickly. And it's a complex kind of a pad structure they have and what they asked them to do. So that was uh, that was nice to see. It doesn't appear like J.K. has lost his, uh, his footwork during his time on PUP. The next thing they did was something that the running back hole drill with trash cans. Now, I haven't seen this in a while, at least. But how this works, and it's, it's just an interesting one, so I want to talk about it a little bit, is they set up three trash cans, and each has a coach standing directly behind it. The trash cans represent offensive linemen. 
the coaches behind them represents the defenders and the coaches move to show how they're being blocked relative to these trash can offensive linemen. And then the running back has to find the right holes. It's kind of a quickness of vision or a processing and vision drill. Uh, it's well done. And uh, uh, Dobbins at, at, had one of the early carries and he wasn't exactly sure how to interpret the defender or the um, uh, the uh, offensive lineman between trash can and human being. And uh, and he had, he had trouble with the first rep and then he understood. And, and I think everybody did a pretty good job of, of finding the hole and quickly bursting towards it. Um, but it was kind of interesting the, the way they do that. It obviously, and the fact that Dobbins had trouble with the first rep tells me they haven't done this in a long time. He would otherwise understand, you know, how this, this drill worked and would have no problem uh, dealing with it. But it's probably been, I guess they could have done it while he was out at some point in the past, but, uh, but they probably haven't done it in quite some time. Moved on to one-on-one drills. Now, the wide receivers and the defensive backs were down on the other side of the field. So I watched the running backs and tight ends versus the linebackers and safeties. It's an interesting group. And there are definitely some significant mismatches there, uh, which are funny to watch here and, and, and really make you believe that the Ravens have some wonderful mismatches they can potentially exploit uh, in terms of running back speed versus linebackers, for example. Uh, on the one of the very first reps, Keaton Mitchell beat the linebacker Farad Gardner by probably 10 yards on a deep throw that went into the end zone. And I don't think he even really had to throw a juke at him. He might've stepped inside once and then, and then bolted down the field, but uh, it was just too easy for him to gain separation against a linebacker like that. Terrell Burgess, who's a safety had an interception in coverage of Ben Mason. Mason was nowhere near the ball. I assume he must've ran the wrong route after stumbling slightly and uh, it was a terrible looking interception where the interception is just nowhere near uh, the receiver. So odd kind of a play, but uh, but Mason apparently was not in the right right spot. Travis Vokalek uh, out adjusted the safety Percy Butler in the end zone. Very tight man coverage uh, there. And Vokalek, who's a 6'6 guy out of Nebraska, uh, turned his body exceptionally well, kind of had an element of bodying up the safety on the play, made a nice high point catch. Really, I think, you saw something from vocal like in terms of what he can provide to an offense on that play. And that's often the case with a, uh, a six, six safety is that they're, they're a six, six uh, tight end is that they're just too big. And, and if they have a basketball background or even if they don't, they often know how to body up a, a, a player and, uh, and make space for themselves that way or make it very difficult for the um, defender to get his hand at the, up to the catch point. And once that tight end starts even securing that football, it's it's too late for the uh, defensive back to do anything about it. So nice to see Vokalek do that. Justice Hill beat a linebacker, Cody Barton, to the corner. Again, speed kills. The Ravens have done a great job of collecting four speed players this year who could be great underneath and yak threats. Uh, we talked about them a couple times on the show, but Devin Duvernay, of course, is still with the team. Great gadget player from last year. Keaton Mitchell, a, a new guy, Justice Hill back, hopefully in an expanded role. And uh, he was really drafted originally for just this sort of thing, a speed as a speed player who could uh, make things happen after the catch. And then uh, who am I forgetting? Zay Flowers. And he'll certainly be around this year and will uh, uh, we'll do some good things for the Ravens. I think it's nice they have these gadget players so that Flowers can be left with what I think is his primary role, which is taking the top off the defense, drawing safeties to him to create space underneath. And I think that's where the Ravens will uh, uh, get the most value from him. I actually would like to see less gadgetry 
involving flowers directly. Let's see. Charlie Kolar had a nice catch over the safety, Jeremy Reeves. Uh, Mitchell caught a back shoulder throw versus linebacker David Mayo. Uh, Mason knocked down safety Kendall Smith on his second rep. Uh, it probably was a penalty. <laughs> he literally ran to the top of his route, pushed him down, and then turned and made the catch. <laughs> so it was very effective, but but it, it was probably a penalty. The referees were not uh, watching these individual plays uh, like that, even though they're certainly at practice. Uh, Vokalek had a drop after gaining some separation, so a non-contested catch that he, that he dropped a little bit later in these one-on-one drills. That was unfortunate. And uh, I did notice on the far field, uh, there were some cheers for it. It was right at the sideline. And Josh Ross had made a nice PD and coverage over there. So it's nice to see that he has to, uh, still some coverage chops to, to get some things done. Uh, it's a good drill. It's something that I, I like to watch. And, and while I like the receiver versus corner drills, there certainly are, are high tension and, and they're high leverage in game. Um, I really like these running back and tight end drills for, for trying to find out, you know, what mismatches are really created by the physical gifts that that uh, you know certain Ravens have? So it was it was fun to watch that. Moved on to some special teams drills uh, with gunners and jammers. Uh, there's not much to note from these. They are fun to watch, but they're half drills working up to full two by two reps. Now, what I mean by that is two by two meaning they have two jammers on each side, and the gunner has to get by them. Uh, so there was one rep where a Commanders, I always want to say skins, don't I? Commanders gunner um, beat two, and he uh, got very physical with one of the Ravens players there. Uh, the Ravens had some good good individual reps, so there's not a lot to say. Uh, the guy who looked pretty good, uh, Tariq Black, I thought, and it might have been Sean Ryan. Uh, let me just see if I've got this recorded here properly. Um, well, honestly, I... I probably ought not say, but 81 and 82 seem to show up a lot today, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. And uh, and I think that they uh, they might have been involved in these gunner drills. Anyway, they're fun to watch, and two-by-two two is the way to go if you really want to test your gunners, even though most actual punt snaps are one-by-one one or one-by-two snaps. So you mean you have two jammers on one side and one on the other, and you just have to make do with that. But uh, but this is really a test-the-gunner uh, kind of uh, drill that's uh, that's well done. Anyway, a lot of fun. Went to 11 on 11, and the, the Ravens offensive line, the ones is McCary. It's still Simpson at left guard, Linderbaum, Zeitler, and Moses. No Stanley, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, the biggest thing coming out of all of these uh, 11 on 11 and 7 on 7s is that Lamar Jackson had an absolutely terrible day. Really ugly. Um, he didn't have the huge number of picks that he had what, nine days ago uh, on, on Saturday when he had, actually, I guess it's 10 now, um, where he had, what, four interceptions. But he did have um, a lot of overthrown balls, a lot of underthrown balls, and he had streaks of incompletions that were just fairly ugly. The receivers getting noticeably frustrated with the combination of uh, contact, some underthrows in particular on deep balls, which turned their separation into passes defensed. Always upsetting to a receiver to not have that, you know, that separation he got paid off. Um, and a few other players who, who didn't look that good. Um, Keaton Mitchell had difficulty securing the football today. He had a fingertip drop from Johnson on a five-yard throw, an incomplete 
10 yards down the field in the middle that bounced off his hands. That was a seven on seven. Another 25. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. yard ball from Jackson down the left sideline that he he slightly overran the ball as it appeared to me. Now you could call it an underthrow. I think really based on the distance and the fact that it was out there, not too far from him. I think it's really a tracking problem where he sort of overran the football. Um, difficult to see exactly. I was kind of the, the opposite corner of the football field away from it. And, uh, and, and I, that's how I would call it. Um, but, but of course, I'd like to see it again to, to, to really be sure about that. Uh, we had some underthrown deep balls uh, that were a recurring theme. I mentioned, uh, I mentioned one to Ant. No, I didn't mention any of these. OBJ, an underthrown deep ball. Aguilar, an underthrown deep ball. Andrews, an underthrown deep ball. The Andrews one looked like a DPI to me. And it wasn't called... Uh, Andrews, uh, at one point during practice, got extremely frustrated with the situation, slammed his helmet to the ground after, after an incomplete, uh, and had to go over the, to another field, take a knee and kind of recompose himself before rejoining practice. So, uh, tough day for Mark Andrews. Um, there's been some speculation online about why it might've occurred, uh, that I think seems reasonable. Um, I'll just tell you what occurred uh, in this particular case. Now try getting the head of the athlete too much. Um, the guy who did have a pretty decent day uh, was Josh Johnson. Now Huntley wasn't there. So Josh Johnson got all the number two reps and uh, Brown got more reps than normal. And he got, he got, you know, half a dozen reps probably today uh, did not look good in those. Johnson had three straight completions to Tariq Black. So if you want a nice second team connection, and that's always interesting to know because sometimes the second team quarterback has a great relationship with Isaiah Likely or uh, Kolar, and Jackson is the guy who has the relationship with Mark Andrews, for example. Well, in this case, it was uh, Johnson throwing to Tariq Black, and he had three three straight completions to him, uh, a long one down the left sideline and a nice – dig out on a crossing route. So low throw that, that black was able to dig out off, uh, you know, off the ground effectively uh, and, and did well. Tariq black, I think helped his cause today with a, with a pretty nice day. Uh, let's see what else talked about the underthrown deep balls. Andrews being upset. The biggest cheers of the day came on a 30 yard touchdown from Johnson to Wallace. Uh, it was, it was down the right sideline. Wallace made a, a nice grab. We heard lots of oohs and ahs from the from the stands down there, and uh, and that was probably the play of the day as as uh, I would see it. And seven on seven, Jackson overthrew Andrews twenty yards uh, down the right sideline. Um, that occurred after there was a very long wait for him to throw a ball. That's that's a bad look in seven on seven. You know, pick your target, make your throw, get the ball out with zip. 
It's not a drill where you want to have the ball whistle dead for a sack because you took five seconds to throw it. And this was probably about a five-second throw to Andrews, and he overthrew it after after waiting a long time. Uh, he threw incomplete to Flowers, uh, 15 yards down that seam right sideline. Frankly, he's lucky it was incomplete. It was in double coverage. Uh, they had a nice bracket on Flowers, and it could have been intercepted. Uh, Jackson threw a 10-yard uh, throw to, to Duvernay between the uh, hash and the right numbers. That was knocked down by Emmanuel Forbes, who had a pretty nice day, by the way. Emmanuel Forbes was all over the place today in terms of, of uh, knocking down some balls. Uh, Johnson threw to Tariq Black twice uh, more in seven-on-seven. Seven. Both those went incomplete. One was a PD on a roll where he left the ball a little bit behind Black, unfortunately, and that led to, uh, to an incomplete and a PD. And then uh, he threw again uh, to Black 10 yards between the numbers and the, and the uh, right hash, and Kendall Fuller knocked that one down. So really a fairly frustrating day. You'll hear a few positives. You know, OBJ made a, made a catch for a touchdown. You'll hear some positives that came out of this, but not a lot of long throws completed, a whole bunch of underthrown balls that didn't look very good. And, uh, and Lamar Jackson just had a, had a tough day. It happens. We'll go to camp again and hope he's better. And uh, that's uh, really all you have to do at this point. The, the, the more serious news, obviously, the injury news to Humphrey and whatnot. Uh, it was not a particularly long practice, so we'll uh, jump right into the interviews from here. Uh, John Harbaugh uh, was first to the podium. Uh, he described the Humphrey injury as a lingering thing. So Jonah Schaefer and I were talking during during practice a little bit, and he said he thought it related to something that had happened at the previous joint practice, practiced on Tuesday. And uh, Harbaugh said, well, no, it's it's really been there for a while, so it could be a few things. Could be a turf toe, ligament damage, something like that 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 needs to be fixed. But uh, but anyway, uh, called it a lingering injury. So uh, uh, we'll see. We'll hear. We'll hear what it what it was. Um, he was asked if there was anything he needed to say to the cornerback room at this time. And I think that question actually got asked a couple of times. But in Harbaugh's case, um, he said. They're pros, and this presents an opportunity. They know what they have to do kind of thing. And there really is nothing to say in, in, in truth. You have to get by without him. Um, I, I think, you know, if you're, if you're on the field and you want to take a moment to low-five that cornerback who makes a great play and, uh, uh, in the coming few days when Humphrey is not out there, I think that would be, you know, wonderful and well received. If if you're if you need to completely alter your behavior and go into that cornerback room and said, some of you may see this as, you know, the window closing, but the window's opening somewhere else, and blah blah blah. You know, I I don't think that does a whole lot of good either. And um, I, I understand Harbaugh's answer, and and uh, it was an interesting one. He did say the Ravens would continue to look for cornerbacks. So there's cornerbacks on the street, always looking kind of thing. They did bring in. Uh, a couple of guys, one a corner, one a safety yesterday that I mentioned, but in case you didn't listen to that podcast, um, it's uh, DeAndre Houston Carter, who is a safety and already was playing some personal protector on special teams in place of Geno Stone. So that was kind of interesting. So obviously they probably might envision a special teams role for him as well as a, as a, as a safety role. And then the other guy they brought in was Tay Hayes, a cornerback from Appalachian State who's 
uh, in his third year. So uh, has a little bit of experience uh, so far and, and they had him on the outside. So uh, I, I assume that's where they would uh, use him going forward. Next guy to the podium, Roquan Smith. Um, you know, the question has been asked of a couple of different players, including Humphrey yesterday, which is a little bit ironic. Um, you know, is it nice to be able to go out there and hit some players when you're not going to play in the preseason? So otherwise, you know, you have to wait for the regular season to go. And he said, yeah, it's, it's great to hit players in another jersey and ones who may not know all your moves. So that's, that's, that was an interesting point. And the point was made similarly about by Andrews yesterday in terms of going up against different body types. And, you know, it's, he, he may have a very talented opponent on the Ravens, whether it's Hamilton or somebody else that's facing him fairly regularly, but it's, it's always the same body type and it's always the same individual out there. And, and it, it's nice to just try some things against a, an opponent who doesn't know uh, as much about you as, as others might. So that was uh, an interesting response I thought from him. Uh, he also said there's nothing he needed to do in terms of talking to the cornerback room as a defensive leader. I think it was proposed in this case um, about the current situation. Uh, you know, it's, it, uh, it is what it is. Again, I'm paraphrasing this. Somebody else quoted him as saying they were going to take, pick up the slack for him. I didn't actually hear that, but he may have said that. Uh, go listen to the interviews yourself is what I'll tell you. If you really want to pick up exact wording as opposed to, you know, nuance, which is what I'm trying to get at with a, with a lot of these. He was asked, I think the most interesting question was about Trenton Simpson. Uh, he really commented on how Simpson had been playing very twitched up, that he's learning and he's growing into his body. So interesting comments, all uh, twitched up, always you like to hear. Um, learning, of course you like to hear, and, and I'm sure he's referring to the position room there. And then growing into his body is is another thing. We often hear this about first-year players is they need a they need a year in an NFL weight room. Simpson, a younger guy, and uh, hopefully he's a guy who who can take can take care of the advantage, can take advantage of having a year where less is expected of him on the field. He'll play some special teams and he'll do some other things, but less is expected of him on the field um, with Patrick Queen here. So uh, I think that's an, an interesting uh, uh, set of uh, comments by Roquan about him. OBJ was next at the podium. He was sporting his purple hair. Uh, he was asked right away about beating Emmanuel Forbes on a route. And Forbes, again, had a really big day against the Ravens today. But OBJ did beat him once. He says he's still got something left. Uh, said it a few different ways and a few different words. But uh, uh, it was kind of mockingly kind of uh, uh, picking up his um, legs and, and, uh, and uh, exercising with them as he, as he was hearing about Forbes 435 speed from the reporter. So that was kind of nice to, nice to see a little bit of moxie there. Uh, talked about joint practices, providing him an opportunity to do some things that he wouldn't do against his own teammates in the name of keeping each other safe. Again, listen to his exact words if you want to hear what he said, but it's pretty clear that you know there are some things we have, you have a db off balance or whatever he's not going to push him into the ground is what comes to mind immediately or uh, otherwise take a risk of injury to his own teammate um in the name of of making a catch but he says he, he's fine to do that against, <laughs> against the commander's players so you can understand how these practices get a little chippy with uh, with those attitudes no doubt prevalent on both sides uh he was asked about his first contact since the super bowl and effectively, these joint practices are it. 
he gave a figure of 900 days or something since it occurred. I didn't realize it had been that long. I thought it would have been since January of 22. So it sounds like about 500 days. So maybe I just misheard it. It's, you know, it's really 500 days or it's a little bit more than that. But uh, said he'd appreciated the time with his son, but he was glad to get back to real contact. Um, he's asked about the happiness that he had with the state of the deep passing game. And he said there wasn't, I, I wouldn't call it hesitancy in his voice, but I would say that um, he he was happy. He, he said he was happy given where they are in camp. So, so he basically was speaking to the trajectory as opposed to really being happy with how things are going. And obviously coming off a day where there are so many balls underthrown, uh, where receivers got separation deep, uh, had to be a frustrating day for him and the other receivers. And uh, and obviously they have to they have to hope uh, Lamar primarily uh, works it out in terms of these underthrown balls. Last guy at the stand was Kevin Zeitler. Um, always an interesting interview. He spoke glowingly on the development of Sala in terms of uh, you know what he brought to the field, uh, how quickly he was learning things, how easily he moved. Uh, so very positive in terms of that. Also uh, liked what Simpson had done. Uh, so he's not taking sides, obviously, in terms of that uh, that left guard battle. But uh, but I think he, he he had more positive to say about Sala. Uh, within the context uh, of what was going on. I uh, said he liked getting after it, enjoyed practices. They all pretty much said the same thing. Um, again, in his case, unlikely to play in any preseason games, at least for any meaningful time. So uh, this joint, these pair of joint practices were his big opportunity to hit during the, uh, during the preseason. Uh, I asked him specifically about how the Ravens had managed to reduce holding calls and, and, in particular, Simpson, a guy who'd been plagued by holding calls at Oakland in his time, came here in the first preseason game, had avoided a couple holding calls, I thought, by releasing properly when the player was starting to get outside the frame. And he said one of the things they really appreciate is having the refs at every practice. And so they get a better, more immediate feedback on what officials might see as holding. And so that was, I thought, a very interesting comment. And I think that was an addition the Ravens probably made early in the Harbaugh era, if not before then, to have officials there at every practice, you know, calling each 11 on 11 play instead of, um, you know, letting those things run. I, I thought I recalled at one point at Western Maryland that Billick was actually making some penalty calls on the field. Maybe I have it wrong, but the, but the one I remember kind of famously is, is uh, Syracuse getting a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct for locking the tight ends in their trailer during the hard, when Hard Knocks was going on in 2001. So uh, I don't remember exactly when they switched to having refs there every day to call all the plays, but they're out there. They're uh, uh, making calls. They often make the calls too quickly to really see what they are, but, uh, but they uh, obviously are doing a good job of giving the players feedback, and that's what's really important here. So anyway, abbreviated uh, show today. I know we've uh, we've typically gone longer than that. Just not a lot to report on what was a pretty darn bad uh, passing day, and uh, and the news on Humphrey obviously is not good uh, in terms of how that might be addressed. Uh, I do have some ideas, and uh, I may talk about that in another pod, or I may do it in the what to look for in the next preseason episode, uh, which will be coming up before the Commanders game on Monday. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.